Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Shell Pinzo Performance Line. Busy, busy Thursday. Hope wherever you are, weather's a little better than it is here. Went out to get myself some lunch, almost slipped and busted my head. Not going to lie to you. Slippery, cold, snowy, but delightful. Delightful day to be inside talking sports. And I hope wherever you are, you are safe, you are warm, and you are ready to go because we have a lot to get to today. Jay Billis, live in a half hour. Louis Riddick today. Plus, you're going to hear from Charles Barkley. You're going to hear from Kirk Herbstreet. All that and a whole lot more. Looking ahead to a huge football weekend. That is the only place to begin. Here we go. And it begins in New Orleans. Saints, Chiefs, this weekend. Preview of the Super Bowl? Certainly could be. And the big questions are all about the status of Drew Brees. Will he or won't he? Here's his coach, Sean Payton. We haven't ruled anything just because we don't have to. You know, he's got a ways to go still. And, we, we you know, he's going to be someone that you know, we're not going to hurry back and just put him in the game. I, I think that the significance of the injuries are such that, you know, you got to make sure he can function and, and feel confident. Here's the bottom line when it comes to Drew Brees as of right this minute. Drew Brees is 41 years old. He's coming back from 11 broken ribs and a punctured lung. That's on one side. The other side is this game is critical. The Saints, by letting one get away against a rookie quarterback last week, have forfeited the opportunity at this moment to have the entire postseason in the NFC come through their building. And you know what that could mean? That could mean a 41-year-old quarterback at Lambeau Field at the end of January. And that would be bad, really bad. So I'm telling you right now, if you have to make a bet on this, bet that Breeze is the starter. I'm not kidding. I'm telling you right now, bet that Breeze is the starter. I think Breeze goes this weekend in the dream matchup against Patrick Mahomes. <coughs> we'll wait and see what Sean decides to do. But if the doctors clear him, he is coming off the list. I think you will see Drew Brees this weekend in one of the monster games, assuming he does play. That now becomes one of the monster games of the entire NFL schedule. So that's number one, item number one. Item number two, as we move it along here, Bubba, without the music, is going to be Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians, who has Buccaneer Bruce, as I call him, who has been the biggest critic of Tampa Tom Brady since this season began, suddenly doesn't want to hear any of that noise. I don't know why anybody's criticizing Tom. I mean, what he did at the end of the half and the start of the second half is very, very few teams can score 17 points in a matter of five or six minutes. Um, no matter if we if we don't make a first down on the first two third downs, I don't care if we if we finish the half with 17 points, I don't give a shit how we start. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, he's not getting enough credit for what he's doing. Okay, to that I say to Bruce Arians, welcome to the party. Where you been? We've been here a while. The one who's been criticizing Tom Brady has been you. No one else has. Everyone else has been criticizing you. Everyone has been criticizing Bruce Arians. Very little criticism of Tom Brady. One of the reasons is that Tom Brady has elevated himself to a status where any benefit of the doubt he gets. It's not because he's played great. It certainly isn't because he's played great because he hasn't played great. He looks 43 years old sometimes. And we've sat here and gone back and forth on whether it's the right offense, the wrong offense, whatever the case may be. The point is that all of a sudden, Bruce Arians doesn't want to hear a word of criticism about Tom Brady. And it reminds me of a classic line in Animal House. Is Animal House a dated reference now? 
Like, can you reference Animal House? When Otter and Boone say they can't do that to our pledges, only we can do that to our pledges? I feel like that's what Bruce Arians is saying. Bruce Arians is saying about, you can't say that about Tom Brady. Only I can say that about Tom Brady. We'll see where that winds up going. But the Bucks have the first of two games in three weeks against Atlanta this weekend. Bucks in very good shape to head into these playoffs on a run. They need some momentum. They need to play a lot better. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guest on the Shell Penzoil Performance Line. Next up, as we continue around the huge stories in the NFL, is Ben Roethlisberger. His Steelers were 11-0. Suddenly they're 11-2. And there are a lot of questions. But Roethlisberger, taking a page from Aaron Rodgers' notebook, says everyone just needs to R-E-L-A-X. This team is special, and, and, I, and the season is not over. I want everyone out there to just to take a deep breath. I know it's it's kind of crazy right now, but just take a deep breath. We've got time. And so that's my mindset, too. Take a deep breath. Let's get ready to go this week. Okay, and I think that's exactly right. And they get a get-right game Monday night against Cincinnati. The team that played three games in 12 days finally gets a little extra time before a game that they should win easily. I believe that the ship will get righted. In fact, I don't believe it is ever that wronged in Pittsburgh. But there is one thing they need to change and change in a hurry, and this is within their control. They've had 26 drives in their last two games, the two that they've lost. They've had 12 three and outs or turnovers on those 26 drives, almost half, just under half of their drives in their last two games have either been three and outs or turnovers. That means they are putting their defense in one brutal spot after another. Pittsburgh's average drive in those two games has lasted two minutes and five seconds. And that is because they do not run the football at all. In these two losses, 88% of their offensive yardage has come through the passing game. So this really isn't that complicated. If you are completely one-dimensional, people will stop you. This ain't the 60s. This isn't Green Bay running that power sweep. That just doesn't work anymore. You can't just do one thing perfectly anymore. So if the Steelers don't get a little diversity in their offense, this is going to come to a disappointing end. But if I know that, then they know that. Roethlisberger knows that. They're going to get right this weekend. They're going to win some games down the stretch, and they're going to go in the playoffs with a full head of steam. They are every bit the threat that they have been all along. One more soundbite for you as we talk football, and and this one is my favorite of them all. Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers goes on Pat McAfee's show all the time, and they have a very good relationship, and Rodgers is a fascinating person. And in this, you will hear they bring up the concept of the GOAT to him, the GOAT discussion, the GOAT debate. And listen to how finely attuned to it Aaron Rodgers is. There's way too many people label the GOAT or this guy's the GOAT of this, this guy's the GOAT of that. It used to be greatest of all time is one person. But now, because there's way too many GOATs, you have to break it out into specific categories. Best winner of all time, person who's won the most championships, best player most talented player, best thrower of the football. Like, That's probably there's all these different ways you can break that out. When it comes to those, for most people, I'm probably in that conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the way he says that is just awesome. And, of course, it is true. But here's what I will tell you. The next six weeks could completely rewrite the legacy of Aaron Rodgers. Is he in the GOAT discussion now? Of course he is. He is exactly where he just said he is. When people talk about the best talent, the best throwers, all of that, he's in that. He's at the very top of that in my lifetime. But what he's not 
is on the top of the list or even particularly near the top of the list of the most accomplished quarterbacks. But that could change in a big hurry in the next six weeks. If he wins the MVP award, that'll be his third. That's rarefied air. If he wins the Super Bowl, that would be his second. That's legacy changing. So for Aaron Rodgers, the GOAT discussion is going to get very interesting over the next six weeks. And we will take that there. Looking ahead to a fascinating weekend in the National Football League and delighted that you were here for that. Again, keep a close eye on New Orleans and do not be surprised if it is Breeze that we see over the weekend. Meanwhile, it is now time for some Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And my Straight Talk is derived from a column by Bill Barnwell on ESPN.com today. There are quite a few teams in the NFL that are still thinking about winning the Super Bowl and then there are the rest of us who are thinking about who their next coach is going to be. So Barnwell on ESPN.com lists nine jobs that he expects to be available this offseason, three of which have already become available, and ranks them in order of which is the best and which is the worst and all the way in between of all the available places. So hashtag Bubba, let me invite you to have just to jump into this conversation. Have you seen this column yet? Or if I were to ask you a question about it, would you be answering it directly off the top of your head? Uh, top of my head. Okay. Of all, that's, that's exactly the kind of research before the show I count on from you. You got it. So, of all the jobs that figure to come available, which would you guess, or which would you say would be the best, and which would you say would be the worst? I will tell you in advance, your Dallas Cowboys are not on this list. He does not project them. Jerry just said McCarthy's not going anywhere. The Cowboys are not on the list. And so you're, so you're not counting the ones that are already available? Yeah, or? you can include them. Those are three of them. All right, I, I will read you all of the jobs that he lists. Okay. Yeah, I'm well, going to do my best to sort of do it in scattershot order sure. because I don't, I don't want it to be given away. Yeah. So great. the nine jobs are Jets, Falcons, Bears, Lions, Jaguars, Broncos, Eagles, and what have I forgotten? Texans. Was that nine? That's the list. Uh, that didn't sound like nine, okay, but we'll, well go with it. In what order, what, what would you, you know pl- what is the best one? Of all those, if you were Eric Bieniemy, and you could have your pick of any of these jobs, which would you take first and which would you screen the call if it came? I know. I'm all right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm. I'm gonna go. Texans number one. Okay. Um, and how about the worst one? I think I'm gonna go. Mm, Jets. Okay. Now, bearing in mind, there are no right or wrong answers. This is just Bill Barnwell's list. So you're not giving a wrong answer if it doesn't match his. You're just sure. giving a different answer. Yeah, yeah. Now I will read you the order in which he placed them. At number nine, and thus last, the worst of the jobs, according to Bill Barnwell, is the Chicago Bears. He writes, their pros are core talent, their cons, lack of cap space, and no long-term quarterback. He lists the Chicago Bears amongst the jobs that are likely to come open as the worst of all of the available jobs. Behind that, at number eight, the second to worst job would be the Detroit Lions, who he says their pro, the thing they have going for them, is the quarterback in Matt Stafford. The cons, lack of cap space, and core talent. He thinks the Lions are the second worst job that could come available. 
He lists the Denver Broncos, as I told you, as one of the places that he thinks there will be a coaching change. And he has them seventh, meaning the third worst. He says the things they have going for him are young talent and cap space. Working against them, quarterback, tough division, and ownership uncertainty. I think it's interesting that he considers Drew Locke to be a drawback. I don't know. Are we ready to write? As, as the, has the story been written on Drew Locke? Are we giving up on Drew Locke? I didn't even know we were giving up on the coach in Denver yet. One way or another, Bill Barnwell places them there. At number six, the Eagles. And again, the Eagles are a place that I think that story is yet to be written on whether Doug Peterson is back or not. But if that job comes open, he doesn't think it's a good one. He says the thing it's got going for it, quarterback, easy division, stable ownership. What it's got going against it, quarterback and lack of cap space. I think that's very well done by Bill Barnwell. Carson Wentz is both a pro and a con going forward in Philadelphia, depending on how you feel about him and whether or not you can fix whatever is wrong with him. So we're about halfway through. At number five amongst the best jobs, he lists Jacksonville, the Jaguars. He says they have patient ownership, cap space, and a high draft pick, but they have no core talent. At number four, Bubba, he puts the Jets. Okay. And the pro, what he has, what they have going for them, and I agree with this, is that right now they're on the path to get Trevor Lawrence, and Trevor Lawrence does become a player that people are going to be interested in coaching. That's fair. The working against them would be a they are totally bereft of talent and their ownership. Yeah, me, that's a strong one though. Let me read you this. He writes if the Jets and Jaguars swapped spots at the top of the draft, the Jaguars move up and the Jets would be last. The Jets are this high because of the possibility that they end up taking Lawrence with the first overall pick. I think that's fair. I think that is a a very reasonable assessment. The rest of them at number three, he's got the Falcons. They have a solid core and solid ownership. They have a lack of cap space. Uh, I think that they have proven themselves to be a good franchise and somewhat uh, patient there. At number two, Bubba, he has your Houston Texans. The What they have going for them is Deshaun Watson. What they have going against them, as he puts here, is everything else. And at number one, he has the Los Angeles Chargers. He lists the Chargers as the job that everyone will want. And I agree with that because of Justin Herbert. I don't, think, see, I don't Herbert. think you said the Chargers. I, I may, Well, ah. here's the thing. I'm trying to read them without giving away the order. So I'm ah. just going through the numbers here. And I'm, you know, if you would just look at the stories that we plan on doing before the show starts. Well, then, you know, we wouldn't have this fun bit if I did the research. Well, so it's sure. a double-edged sword, you know. We'll have to let other people decide how much fun the bit was. But that said, the number one availability would be the Chargers. And Bill writes, they don't have Watson. But with Justin Herbert putting together a promising rookie season, they appear to have a long-term solution at quarterback. They have low expectations. They have a young core. I actually agree with that. I recommend the reading of it if you're interested. If one of those are your team, then you will find it a particularly interesting column. I think it's on ESPN.com right now. And that is our Straight Talk, Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. All right, next order of business. 158, go! The NFL is not the only place to find good football this weekend. It's conference championship weekend in college football, and the games are critical. Obviously, the one that has the most riding on it is Clemson-Notre Dame, the ACC championship game, which you will see on ABC on Saturday afternoon. The number one game for me, of course, is Ohio State and Northwestern. We'll talk about that. But let's talk about what is at stake in Clemson-Notre Dame, because that one, I think, is the most poignant and the easiest to figure out. Notre Dame, according to absolutely everyone, is in no matter what happens. 
The caveat we will hear is if they lose 53-2, to maybe there comes some question. But barring that extremely unlikely possibility, Notre Dame gets in one way or the other. They still have a lot to play for because if they do lose this game, they figure to be the four seed, which figures to match them up with Alabama in the first round of the playoff, which figures to mean there won't be a second round for them. So they have a lot to play for, but not as much as Clemson. Clemson loses and they're out. If Clemson wins, then three pieces of the final four teams are set. We will have Alabama, we will have Clemson, and we will have Notre Dame. We can then try and figure out who the fourth team will be. If Ohio State wins the Big Ten Championship, there will probably be almost no intrigue on Sunday. But if Clemson were to lose this game, and Trevor Manich told me this morning on TV, he thinks they will. He likes the Irish in this game. I asked both Paul Feinbaum and Trevor Maddich, what happens in the event that Clemson loses? Here's what they told me. I believe Texas A&M will get in, but it's not certain because you have Texas A&M, Greeny. You have Cincinnati, who uh, has already been dissed by the committee. And then you have the, the, the wildest of wild cards, Iowa State, assuming that Iowa State beats Oklahoma for the second time. Don't forget, Iowa State is way up there uh, in the rankings even though they lost at home uh, a million weeks ago to Louisiana by only 17 points. If Iowa, if Iowa State were to get in there over, uh, let's say, Texas A&M, it's the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> Stock up because Paul says it will be the end of the world as we know it, and the Big 12 champ will get in if that happens. That was the voice of Trevor Maddich that you heard there after Paul, and I thought that was very funny the way he said it. Stock up because the end of the world is indeed on the way, he's got the Big 12 champ, could be Iowa State, could be Oklahoma, getting in as the fourth team in the event that Clemson loses. I have a variety of thoughts on that, and we will get to those as we continue. In the meantime, I invite you to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. The college football season is heating up, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? And every now and again, you'll come across a story that you have to read multiple times, and the only response you can have is, I'm sorry, what? And this is an example of that. Frank Ragnow is the center for the Detroit Lions. He is also, as of today, the toughest human being that ever walked the face of planet Earth. Are you ready for this? Bubba, are you ready for this? Are you aware of this story yet? This one I am aware of, yeah. Okay. Frank, I'm all on top of this one. In the Lions game against the Packers on Sunday, Frank Ragnow, who was the center, couldn't call out the signals for the offensive line, which he normally does because he had lost his voice. He didn't know why. After the game, he found out it's because he had suffered a fractured throat. He fractured his throat in the first quarter. He didn't miss a snap. For the rest of the game, he didn't give up a sack or a quarterback pressure. A source tells ESPN now that part of what he's potentially dealing with resembles a vocal cord contusion. His eating and breathing is unobstructed, but he can't talk. The man suffered a fractured throat and stayed in the game. I do the show with this little plastic thing on my pinky so I don't get a paper cut. People ask me sometimes if they watch the TV show or they watch the TV version of this now on ESPN+. Greeny, what's the little thing on your pinky? 
That little thing is a little rubber thing. It's like a little rubber thimble-looking thing, and I use it so I can shift the pages. See, when I turn the pages, I run the risk of a paper cut because if I suffered a paper cut, hashtag Bubba would have to do the rest of the show. Frank Ragnow suffered a fractured throat in the first quarter and not only finished the game but played great. That is officially the toughest human being in the entire world. All right, coming up next here as we get this thing rolling today, sneaky, huge news that might make you really mad. It did me. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. We continue at half past the hour. This is Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We stream every day on ESPN Plus. Lewis Riddick will join me in a half hour. Lots more football to get to today. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today. Find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Uh, meanwhile... Sneaky big news. I love the, the the concept of sneaky big news because every now and again I'll come across something and I'll say this isn't getting nearly enough attention. And I will bring it to you, and I'm going to do that now in this story that I saw yesterday. The Supreme Court of the United States will hear a landmark antitrust case against the NCAA that could upend the business model for college sports by allowing colleges to compensate. Student-athletes, the high court said yesterday it will hear appeals filed by the NCAA over a May decision that found the group's limits on player compensation violate antitrust law. The NCAA, in a petition, accused the courts of, quote, judicial micromanagement and said that those rulings would fundamentally transform college sports by blurring, quote, the traditional line between college and professional athletes. The Supreme Court is going to hear a case about paying college athletes. I feel like that should be getting more attention. 
And whenever there are stories like this, I turn immediately to my friend Jay Billis, who A, knows everything there is to know about the NCAA, B, is a lawyer, and C, is the smartest person I know. Jay Billis is with me on the Shell Penzoil performance line. Hello, Jay. Well, first of all, if that's true, you need to get out more and meet more people. And second, who doesn't enjoy analysis of the Supreme Court? I wish I had a telestrator for you to, to get through this. <laughs> sure. I mean, I'd like, next time we'll do plenty of college basketball discussion. But this jumped off the page at me when I saw it yesterday. And I suppose the question I would ask you is, what is at stake here? Because it feels to me like if the Supreme Court sides with the lower court, then the NCAA is done, right? Where else can they go? Well, I wouldn't say that. Uh, You know, first of all, the Supreme Court didn't grant cert or essentially take this case just to affirm the lower court ruling. Uh, This came from the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is the most uh, oft cert granted uh, uh, district in in the country. And so now one, it's the biggest, so it has the most cases, but... Uh, I don't think any other um, any other area of the country uh, than the Ninth Circuit has has as many cases that go before the Supreme Court and as many that get overturned or vacated. Now that that's not that's not any sort of forecast as to what's going to happen here. I mean, I think we're better off uh, sort of flipping a coin rather than trying to determine what the Supreme Court's going to do. But there are a few things at play here. Uh, one, there, there is a circuit split among the different circuit courts as to a, a few of these rulings. One, one is, the, is a case called American Needle, which nobody wants to get in the weeds of all that. The other is a, is a case that the NCAA had to, to fight, which fundamentally changed the way college sports works back in 1984, uh, which was the Board of Regents case. And, and if you recall, Green, that was the case where uh, – no longer could the NCAA tell schools how often and conferences how often they could be on television. And that's what really took football away from the NCAA. They, they really have very little say over football and no control over football money now as a result of that case. And that fundamentally changed the way college sports works and in large measure made it into the multi-billion dollar industry that it is today. And, and then the O'Bannon and Alston cases, um, there, there are circuit splits there. So I, I, my guess is, and it is just a guess, I'm not even sure it's an educated one, that the circuit split uh, has more to do with this th- th- than anything. And uh, uh, I do think that over the years, people have said, you know, court observers have said the Supreme Court tends to, uh, to look with a skeptical eye to the Ninth Circuit. But I don't know that that's the, the, the case here. But, but you're right that this could fundamentally change things. It's just it's an issue like so right now the court has a conservative bent. It's, it's a 6-3 uh, leaning conservative. And so there are those that will, will say, well, the conservative view is that college sports should remain the way it is, traditional. Uh, the athletes don't get anything more than the scholarship, something like that. But there's also the idea that a conservative could look at this and say, conservatives are for free markets. And this has been a stifling of, of free market economics since its inception. And multiple times over the course of its history, the NCAA is found to have violated federal antitrust law. So that's where the guessing game starts, is how is the conservative side of the court going to look at at the way the NCAA does business in in this industry? Again, Jay Billis is with me. The NCAA side of this is that they should be able to just give student-athletes 
exactly what they need in order for their experience to be good. All of it has to be connected to their education and their academics and all the rest of that. And others like you and I believe that it should be opened far wider for them than that. Here's what I wanted to ask you very quickly today, Jay. If you were arguing this case on behalf of opening this thing up for the players, how much of this year would you use to demonstrate that the way that um, the, the value, the, the essential nature of the work, and I use that word adv- purposely, that these athletes are doing on these college campuses, um, just in this pandemic, was it or was not a light shown on the fact that these are employees and that the work they're doing is essential to the university? Yeah, I would I would do that. I, that's what I've been arguing from the very beginning, frankly, and not necessarily using the pandemic results as a as as the dispositive uh, view of this, but sort of the idea that, as you say, that these players have been essential workers forever, that they're the revenue drivers, and and they don't have the same economic rights as literally everybody else, and they should, and that's you know I think that's violative of federal antitrust law by itself. But there, there are arguments within the law that you could say, okay, those are pro-competitive. And, and one of the reasons I think the Supreme Court took this or may have taken this case is, is some what's called dicta from the 1984 ruling that, that was included that the NCAA has relied upon, that, that you know, the amateurism is a clear line of demarcation between college and pro and, and makes college, the college game different and all that other stuff. Um, that wasn't a ruling of the court. It was just it was just language that was in the ruling. And there's a there's a very big difference there. So that could be part of this. But I think the pandemic has shown that these athletes are essential workers, uh, the equivalent of that. They're not as valuable as essential workers, uh, it's just like, you know, what you and I do, even though we get paid more, we're not as valuable as teachers or firefighters. Um, I'm not comparing them to essential workers, but they've been used as such in the conduct of the business. And the fact that they're quarantined, they can't see their families, um, uh, they're tested every day when healthcare workers aren't tested at all unless they're sick. Um, it's beyond a reasonable doubt that they're, they're workers. And they ought to have the same economic rights as, as the, the students around them. And I don't see the big problem here, but the NCAA is again saying amateurism is what we say it is whenever we say it. Mm -hmm. And you should leave us alone and let us do this because nobody understands this except us. And that's clearly not true, but, but they've shown they'll spend any amount of money to, it's like, remember Butch and Sundance, uh, Butch Cassidy Sundance kid, when, when they were blowing up the, the, the train to, to rob it. And, uh, and the uh, Butch Cassidy says, if they just pay us what they're spending to keep us from robbing them, <laughs> we'd stop robbing them. Right. <laughs> it's sort of the idea. It's sort of the idea here where, you know, why are they spending the players money to keep from giving them money? Yep. They're spending this enormous amount of money lobbying Congress, uh, paying lawyers when they know it. They know they should allow the players to say economic rights, but they just don't want to. Jay Billis, I always love talking about these things with you. If I don't talk to you between now and then, very Merry Christmas to you and your family, my friend, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for jumping in. You too, brother. Thanks for having me. That's Jay Billis again. Always excellent explanation on all of this stuff. Coming up next, Herbie is upset about something, and he's right. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Lewis Riddick will join me live in about 15 minutes as we look ahead to a really big NFL weekend. He will also, as we did briefly on TV this morning, address... Uh, the reality of his circumstance, he's, he's talking to the Texans, he's talking to the Lions. We'll see if he winds up taking one of those jobs. We talked about it on TV today. It, it's certainly interesting. It's not, uh, that isn't the big news, but we will get into all of the different football stuff with him. In the meantime, as I mentioned, college football weekend is enormous. All these games are critical, but Kirk Herbstreet was on KJZ here on ESPN Radio yesterday, and he had some really interesting and I think insightful comments about one problem the sport has, and it's this. Let's just say the season ends January 12th. I can already tell you, 2021, Ohio State's coming out of the Big Ten, <laughs> Clemson's coming out of the ACC, Alabama's coming out of the SEC. And I can tell you, 2023, our postseason is, is as bad as there is. And we have got to figure out a system that opens up opportunities, 98 or 99% of the participants realize they don't have a chance before the season starts. That, that we've got to look at this 2020 year and realize we have to tweak the system. So that's a very interesting thing. And again, Kirk Herbstreet is a very significant voice. Herbie, through his enormous success over the years and his credibility, I think is someone people listen to. So for him to say that that decisively, that strongly, I think does resonate. And so the question is, if you were going to tweak this, how would you do it? How would you do it? The easy answer is to expand the playoff. I don't know that that necessarily addresses or changes what Herbie is talking about. It puts more teams into the postseason. It may not change the fact that there are basically three schools that have owned the sport now for the last half decade, but that's all it's been. I mean, you would not have put Clemson in that conversation before Dabo made it what it is. You wouldn't have put Alabama in that conversation before Saban came back or got there. When Saban was at LSU, they won a championship. A lot of this is about people and circumstances. Ohio State has been the powerhouse in the Big Ten for a very long time. But I'm old enough to remember when the knock on their coaches was they couldn't win the big one. Now, all of a sudden, they're in the big one all the time. So I, I think that we have to be careful to change the stuff that makes something special. You've got to make sure that you leave that alone. I agree with his use of the word tweak. I remember Mike and I one time had a long argument on the air over whether tweak and change are the same thing. And at the end of the day, not all changes are tweaks, but all tweaks are changes. Tweaking it is fine. Expanding it to a point where it waters down what makes this stuff great in the first place is, I think, dangerous. Because what has made college football so special in our society is that it fits our culture probably better than any other sport we have. 
which is to say we are an event-based culture. We like events. We like things. In order to cut through the clutter, something has to feel important. And in college football, these games start to feel unbelievably important in August. Let's just use regular, normal seasons as an example. The, the pandemic has skewed everything. Let's, let's just throw this year out of the discussion. But generally speaking, what has made college football the extraordinary success that it is, it's always been enormously popular. People support their school. People have regional interests. But the degree to which it has become a major national force, particularly in television, I think can be easily connected to the culture we live in. More than at any time before, if you are going to stand out from the crowd, if you're going to get the kind of attention that they command in the incredibly crowded entertainment landscape in which we currently live, it is because you can convince a lot of people this is important. This game we're playing today at LSU or at Ohio State or wherever it might be, this game's really important. It's hard to do that with a lot of the other sports. It's almost impossible to do it with most of them, frankly. The scarcity is one of the things that makes football so popular. It works for the NFL. It works even better for college football. Pro football has been supremely popular now for 40 years, 45 years. College football, I think the explosion in popularity of that sport over the last generation has come directly from attention span and all of that stuff. The fact that you need to convince people this is earth-shatteringly important. And they do that really well. It is just intrinsic. It's baked into their cake. So anything that interferes with that, I think would actually wind up doing the sport more harm than good. If you want to talk about ways to tweak it so it is less predictable, I'm all in. If you want to talk about giving the little guy a shot, the quote-unquote mid-major that we talk about in basketball all the time, my ears are open. I'd like to hear it, but I find it hard to imagine there's a good solution for that. Lewis Riddick will talk about that and more when we have him in just a little bit. And look, we all accidentally damage our phones, right? That happens. But now Straight Talk Wireless's new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month. You get unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at Ashurion.com slash straight talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. Lewis Riddick will join me here in coming up in just a few minutes. He had the Browns. He had the Ravens, and he's got the Steelers coming up. We'll break down all three of those teams and a whole lot more as Lewis joins me on a snowy but delightful Thursday. Glad you're with me on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.